Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Good morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for my brothers and sisters gathered here. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together, to worship you, to glorify you, and to enjoy um, sitting under your word. And I pray that uh, we would come together not so much as to judge your word and to sit over it and to criticize it, but to sit under it and under its authority and under its truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start off by telling a little bit about my story um, growing up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, um, way, way up north, right across from Canada. Um, I had miles and miles of forest that would go on um, as far as the eye can see. And, um, and I would go for long walks and I'd play in the forest, you know, I was um, out in the woods and so my friends and I would play out there together. And um, one of the things I remember is just how spiritual the forest was to me. I would go for walks in the forest, and you could feel kind of a spiritual reality in the forest. I know a lot of you growing up here, you have uh, no trees, basically. Um, we had trees that would went, you know, higher than this building, which you know, I know some people growing up in Midland have never even seen trees like that. Um, and some of you, I know it makes you feel a little claustrophobic, but for me, that was a beautiful, beautiful place. I, I loved the forest, and I still do miss them. Um, but um, all that to say, a lot of us today, we live in a kind of a flat world. Um, we, we look around the world, we look around ourselves, and we don't think spiritually. A lot of us, we think in a very material way. We don't see the spirits. We don't feel the spirits. We don't think about the fact that there is demonic activity, and there is angelic activity all around us every single day. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning, is um, the fact that there are uh, evil spirits, but there's also uh, good, benevolent, uh, powerful, angelic forces around us as well. And so one of the weird things about me, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, probably my favorite passage in the Bible, is actually Mark chapter 5. And if you know anything about Mark chapter 5, it is like the uh, chapter on demonic possession. <laughs> and so the reason that I love the chapter isn't because I think demons are cool. Um, I love the chapter because it reminds us that demons are real, that there are real spiritual forces around us pulling us away from God, pulling us away from salvation, and that we need to be aware of that. We need to realize that these things are real all around us. And our passage today from Mark that I read for the gospel reading today, also focuses on that reality, that there are demon, um, demonic forces around us. And so I'm going to be diving into that, um, but first I'm going to just give a little background. Uh, Mark chapter 1, uh, we are still in the very beginning. Uh, John begins uh, the miraculous ministry of Jesus uh, with changing water into wine. The interesting thing about Mark, because Mark kind of paints Jesus as this conquering uh, this Savior, right? This, this Messiah coming in, he actually begins with the miracle of this demon being cast out. So instead of a water into wine, he's actually starting with this, this demon being cast uh, from this man. And so it's about 31 AD, so he's uh, been baptized, right? And he's uh, been commissioned by his father, and he is filled with the Holy Spirit to do the work uh, for the kingdom. Uh, he's been tempted by Satan, and he's rebuked Satan with the Word of God. And uh, he's called his first disciples, 
And now he is standing in a synagogue, and he is uh, teaching them, and this demon can't remain silent. The, the, the kingdom of God is here. The Messiah, the conquering Savior of the world is here, and the demon can't remain silent. Let me read for you uh, the first few verses. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. So I'm just going to stop there. He taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. So if you had the opportunity to grab one, grab one of these sermon guides on the way in, um, the first point uh, to fill in is authority. Jesus taught with authority and not as the scribes. And if you didn't get a chance to grab one of these, you can grab one on the way out as well. Um, it was common for Jewish teachers, the Jewish teachers would often quote the elders, and they would quote the traditions of the Jewish teachers before them. And so they didn't lean on their own authority, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> they would lean on the authority of those who came before them, right? Um, one of the interesting things about Jesus is Jesus doesn't do that. When Jesus uh, comes into the synagogue to teach, he doesn't say, well, um, this person said this, or our traditions say this. He said, I say this. Uh, Jesus' teaching uh, came from his own authority. And Jesus often says, I say to you, instead of it has been said. I say to you. He, he actually makes himself Lord of the Sabbath, which is one of the most amazing things in the Gospels. Is The Sabbath was so revered by the Jewish people. In the Old Testament, a man is literally killed for picking up sticks on the Sabbath, right? The Sabbath was a very, very holy thing, a very sacred thing to the Jewish people. Jesus says, I am Lord of the Sabbath. So Jesus helps them to see that he has all authority. That's, Jesus has authority over everything. That's the, the title of my sermon today. Jesus has authority over all things. The one who created all things has authority to speak absolute truth concerning all things. Uh, in our society today, we have a, um, a hunger. Uh, we are, are malnourished for this, for the word of God, for absolute truth. If you have questions about sexuality, or if you have questions about marriage, you have questions about finances, you have questions about gender identity, if you have questions about any of these things, it's right here for us. God has given us his holy word to help us to know absolute truth. I think in our society today, we're so confused because we have traded God's word for our own philosophies, for our own ideas about what's right and wrong. And so Jesus assumes authority over all things. And so he speaks with authority over all things. Verse 23 says, And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. So there's some important things to notice here. The first thing is Jesus has authority, authority to command evil spirits to leave. And this is because Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God, and he has the same authority as God. He is God. And so he created all things. He created all things seen and unseen. We'll say that later right after the sermon in the creed, right? That he created all things seen and unseen. The unseen things are like this spirit. He has authority over that spirit. The spirit is obviously a rebellious spirit. He's not an angelic spirit. He's not a good, benevolent spirit anymore. He is unclean. He has uh, broken God's law. He is no longer following 
God and worshiping God. He is an unclean spirit. So the spirit recognizes Jesus. He, he recognizes that he's come to conquer for the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of darkness, right, is, is all around. And that's one of the things I love about Epiphany season is this light has come. The, the whole season of Epiphany is light. And the light of God has shone into the darkness, right? We read that in John chapter 1. And my last sermon I talked about is this light has come into the world. And Jesus is this conquering king. And the kingdom of darkness can no longer stand. The demons have no place anymore. Satanic forces have no place anymore because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's why he calls everyone to repent, to turn to him, to follow the kingdom of heaven instead of the kingdom of darkness. So this unclean spirit knows who Jesus is, and he knows that Jesus will destroy uh, him and all the other evil spirits by casting them into, into hell, right? And so they stubbornly oppose the kingdom of God, trying to take humanity with them into God's judgment. One of the wonderful things about being a Christian is God holds us in his hands. We can know with certainty that we are saved. We can know that we have salvation, and no one can pluck us from the Father's hand. But the problem is, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know that he's your Savior, if you are not in the hand of Jesus, you are easily plucked away by Satan. You are easily led astray. You are easily blinded by Satan. And so it is important for us to recognize that Jesus has authority and that he has come into the world to cast out this evil, uh, evil spirits, this kingdom of darkness. So the unclean spirit tries to expose Jesus' identity before uh, Jesus is ready, and Jesus silences the evil spirit. And I love that about Jesus, right? He, he silences people who want to talk about him. Like, how crazy is that? These people want to go and tell people about Jesus, and he says, no, stop, don't tell anyone. And, and you think that's weird, right? Because today, all, I'm, all I try to do as a priest is get you guys to talk, right? Go out and tell people. Um, that's, all, like, that's like our main job, right? We, we equip you guys. Um, Jesus did the opposite. <laughs> the reason he did the opposite is because every time he, these people went out and shown other people that they were healed or that this demon was cast out or anything, the, the problem is the crowds would come. The crowds would come. And these weren't necessarily crowds that wanted to hear Jesus' teaching. These were crowds that wanted to see miracles. These were crowds that wanted to see, oh, wow, like he, he healed that withered hand, or oh, wow, he, look, he multiplied bread, or they want to see miracles. They want to see water turned into wine, right? They, they want to see miracles. And I love uh, this about Jesus. The Pharisees come to him and they say, show us a miracle, Jesus. Show us a miracle. Show us that you're really the Messiah. And Jesus says, I'm not going to show you a miracle. No, I'm not going to show you a miracle. The only miracle you're going to see is the miracle of Jonah, the sign of Jonah. That I will be laid in the ground and three days later resurrected. That will be your sign. And so Jesus is not here to entertain us. He's not here to be um, a magician, a, a, a performer for our entertainment. Jesus is the Son of God, and he has authority over all things. And so when he comes— he teaches with authority. Which brings me to my next point. So let me read verses 27 through 28. And they were all amazed so that they questioned amongst themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. So Jesus' primary mission was teaching, and he amplifies his authority 
through miracles and casting out demons. He amplifies his authority. So his, his mission was teaching. And so it's important for us to see in the, in the gospel that his main mission was to come and teach. His main mission was to tell people about the kingdom of God. His main mission was to, to tell us to, to uh, preach repentance so that we could enter into the new kingdom. And so he doesn't come just to show us miracles, but the miracles amplify his authority. And whenever the crowds come, he can't enter into towns. He can't move freely to preach his message. And so he had to be careful (laughs) with how many miracles he would do, or he had to be careful with how many people would start telling other people about him because he, he had to move freely to preach the gospel. That was his main mission. Jesus came to reach uh, or to teach about himself and his kingdom, but people often came to see his miracles and even demanded signs from him. And so as the, as the crowds would come and press around him, he couldn't move around freely anymore. So this brings me to our bottom line for the sermon. Jesus has authority to teach absolute truth and even command unclean spirits. Jesus has authority to teach absolute truth and even command unclean spirits. In our society today, like I said, there is a a lack of absolute truth. And Jesus came to help us to see the truth. And I think a lot of times we sit around, and uh, I shouldn't say sit around necessarily, but we're we're sitting or we're standing, and we're we're constantly asking God, reveal your truth to me, reveal your will to me. And all the while, he's given us this book. He's given us the Bible so that we can read God's word and to know God's word. We don't have to sit around waiting for God to reveal his will or, or what does he believe or what does he want us to believe about certain things. All we have to do is pick up and read his word. And so he has authority to teach us things, but he also has authority to command these unclean spirits. I wanted to tell a short little story. Um, Joe Cumbus and I were at Teen Flow the other night, and it was amazing to go there. And it was amazing because you could literally feel the spiritual presence in the room. It was palpable. You could, you could, you could feel the, the evil spirits, but you could also feel the angelic spirits. You could feel the Holy Spirit moving in the room, drawing the kids to repentance, drawing the kids to follow him. And I had the opportunity to walk up to some of the, uh, some of the kids afterwards and ask them, because they did an altar call there. They said, you know, come forward. And I'd, I had the opportunity to walk up and ask some of the kids, have you received Christ? Have you experienced the salvation of Christ? Do you, do you know him? And one of the, most of the kids were like, yeah, I, I know Jesus. I, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. One of the kids uh, said to me, no, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't really know if I'm saved. And so I, walk, so I, I took some of the, the kids aside and I started talking to them. I was like, do you feel the Holy Spirit in your life? Does he draw you? Does he guide you? Does he instruct you? Does he teach you? Does he help you come to truth and to understanding? And I asked, you know, when you look around yourself, do you see your friends hurting and lost and broken and in need of the gospel? And and I said this, have you repented of your sins? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? And are you walking in the Spirit and in newness of life as a new creation? And, um, and it was good to talk to them about these things. One of the things the girl said was, no, I, I haven't, re- well, I, I don't really like to talk to G- God about my sins. I don't really like to confess my sins because I don't, I don't really want to tell him all the things that I've done. And then I looked at her and I said, well, God is omniscient. He, that means he already knows everything you've done. He already knows all the sins. All you have to do 
is put them at his feet. And he loves you so much that he came and died on the cross even though you're a sinner, even though you're lost, even though you don't know him. He died on the cross for you. And he already knows your sins. Just lay them down at his feet and he will accept you. He will bring you into the family. He will send his Holy Spirit. And so it's just so important for us too to, to, to look at that, to think about you know, when we go out, are we walking in the Spirit? Do we know Jesus? Is He in our lives? Is, is He active in our lives? And um, one of the things, too, I, I was thinking about, um, when I was about 15, um, I saw The Exorcist for the first time. Um, not something you should do with a 15-year-old boy, uh, but 1973, 5, somewhere in there, uh, the, 2, 3, Okay. Um, I believe you, because I wasn't there yet. <laughs> so The Exorcist came, off, came out, box office uh, over like, like half a billion dollars. Like there is a very big interest in demons. There's a big interest in the occult. There's a big interest in um, the spiritual world around us. And that's because you know, I, was, I was listening to the priest talk about this the other day. God made a cow for the earth. You know, when, when the creation account happens, God molds us with his hands and breathes life into us, right? He made us for himself, and our hearts will be restless until we rest in him. That's what St. Um, um, Augustine says, right? And so the cows, <laughs> cows just came up from the ground. They can walk around, and they can eat grass and be completely happy in this world. They weren't made for anything more than to walk around and eat grass, right? Human beings were never going to be content until we rest in Jesus Christ. And and all this, all this spiritual interest is because we're hungry for a spiritual world. There's people around us asking questions. And the Bible gives us answers about the spiritual world. And I think that's where I'm going to bring us for the last uh, few points at the bottom of your sheet. You'll see uh, teaching on unclean spirits. Uh, according to the Bible, we have some good verses to teach us. Uh, Satan and demons are real and can torment believers. That's important for us to recognize is that Demons can actually be in our lives and can torment us. If we allow these demons to have um, a foothold in our lives, to, to be in our lives. And that's why this obsession in our culture with spirits and evil demons and stuff, that's why it's so dangerous. Is if we allow them, it, our obsession will become oppression. I remember growing up with Ouija boards and stuff too. Like We, we all played with that stuff, but that stuff can be dangerous. Uh, possession can cause physical and spiritual harm. We saw in the gospel reading how this man's literally convulsed. And uh, there's, a, there's a story where there's a boy who's demon-possessed, and he's thrown into the fire, and he's burned by this spirit. This, this evil spirit is, is evil. He, he's hurting this child. Um, possession can cause people to do evil things. We see Judas, that Satan enters into Judas, and he betrays Jesus. Um, this, uh, evil spirits blind our minds. And I think that's important for us to see that he, when we don't have the Holy Spirit, when we don't know God's word, he can blind our eyes. Uh, angels also disguise themselves as, as good angels. These, these uh, evil spirits can actually disguise themselves as good angelic forces, as angels of light, what Paul says. And so he says in his, his, his writings, even if an angel comes preaching a different gospel than mine, let him be accursed. Even if an angel comes, and I believe angels have come, fallen angels, evil angels, right? The evil spirits, these unclean spirits have come and they have 
manipulated people. I, I believe Mormonism is a result of that. Joseph Smith was, was, uh, was lied to by a, an angel that were an evil spirit that was masquerading as an angel. The same with Islam. Um, when Muhammad was, was, uh, was uh, lied to by an unclean spirit, uh, pretending to be an angel. And so they can deceive us. They promote false doctrine and they perform signs. Even if, even if I were to do a sign for you today and, you, and, and I asked for you to worship me, don't do it, right? <laughs> like, don't worship anyone other than God. And I think sometimes we think only God can do miracles. There is scriptural evidence in Revelation that even these, these evil spirits, even Satan can deceive the nations. And so... We can resist evil and we can flee, and it will flee from us, according to James 4, 7. According to James 4, 7, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. And so one of the, the, the well, not one of the, the principal thing you can do is repent, receive baptism in the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that will be your strength. That will, if once you have the Holy Spirit living in you, there's no room for Satan. There's no room for evil spirits because the Holy Spirit is abiding in you and guiding you and, and the angels are coming to protect you. So there's no room for evil spirits. And the next thing is renewing your mind with God's word and standing against lies. Even Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. The Son of God who had just experienced baptism was tempted by Satan. But what did he do? He turned to the word. Every time Satan would give him a lie, he would say, the word of God says this. The word of God says this. And so it's important for us to continually be renewed with the Holy Spirit because a lot of times we spend uh, looking at the internet, looking at TV, looking at movies, looking at other things. How much time are we spending in God's word? And lastly, the apostles were given authority over unclean spirits. The apostles were given authority to go and cast out spirits. And there's one time where the apostles can't cast out a demon, and Jesus says, that one only comes out by prayer and fasting. And so there is a connection between this life, right, how we live in this body, whether we pray and fast, and whether we have authority through the Holy Spirit against evil spirits, right? And so we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have to follow Christ with that authority he's given us. And the, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave with is this. I mean, I think all of us have probably called our doctors, especially during COVID, right? Some of you probably called your doctor this week to ask some questions. There is spiritual reality around us. And it's important for us to remember that we have to also call the spiritual physicians in our life. And, and if you have to call your priest, I would love to talk to you if there's things going on in your life that you need prayer for or you need anointing for healing, or you need me to come and bless your house, or pray for uh, if there's spiritual activity going on that you're not comfortable with, um, let us be the doctors, the spiritual physicians in your lives. And so it's important that you give us a phone call if, if, um, if you're facing any of that. So let me close with some prayer. Lord, thank you for this time with my brothers and sisters, and I thank you for your word. I thank you for your teaching um, on demons so that we can know our enemy, the one who desires to come steal, kill, and destroy and, 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 and wants to pull us away from you. Lord, help us to see him and to know that you have authority over him and to rest in that authority, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, 
to resist all the powers of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.